just did like to actually show you we have this video of him kind of like hey I'm Jake like here's XCOM on the i on a, running on iOS I got a, like a salesman vibe going on it's, it's kind of I love Rogue. it. The very end, you know, I'm like, Hi there, I'm Jake Solomon. Do you very, like iPads? At the very end, you're just like, I wish that's actually what it was. I know. I would have been happier if that's how it. If you just really out. leaned into right. the hammy side right. of selling it. Oh, I didn't see you there. You're sitting by a fire. I was just gaming on my iPad, stirring my cognac in my other arm. <laughs> All right. Sorry. All right. So I just turned this on. So we'll do this. So yep. for the people at home, introduce who the hell you are. I am uh, Jake Solomon. I am. I. I was the lead designer. I mean, I. <laughs> it makes it sound like you moved out to I pasture. Know. I'm dead. Yeah. They, there's younger, stronger uh, designers replacing me. I am Jake. I was. What? What would you say? Am I? I guess I'm still the designer. Man. Yeah. I have a hard time wrapping my head around. <laughs> Yeah, you, all, you were and will always be the lead designer. Oh, of we'll enemy always unknown. have Enemy Unknown. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So I am was the lead designer of Enemy Unknown. Uh, so here at GDC, I just saw you know you showed me a little demo of uh, XCOM running on the iPad, which yeah. you said was developed over in 2K China, mm-hmm. and it sounded like you know when the idea came about, not necessarily 100% convinced it was going to happen right. or work until you right. kind of saw what they were able to pull off. Yeah, because it's. You know, a game like this, and, and it, it's funny, uh, it's nice to kind of tell people about this because I got that a lot from people. They'd play it and they'd be like, man, this should be on an iPad. There's some <laughs> games, and I think they're, you know, like FTL, like there's some games you just want on an iPad. Um, and, and so some people would say, hey, this would work really on an iPad. And we thought that internally too, but we didn't know if we could, we didn't want to make a whole, like a 2D engine for it. We really didn't want to change any of the gameplay. So the idea was, if we can take the Unreal Engine and it will actually run the actual game that we've made on the uh, iOS devices, then we'll do it. And, and so that was the technical challenge, was seeing if we could do destructible environments, fog war, all the things that the game has, which are even challenging on PCs and consoles. You know, the Unreal Engine is, is, is pretty amazing because we were able to get that basic game onto um, iOS. Yeah, so it was, for us, it was it was kind of, we wanted it, but we, yeah, we were just kind of unsure whether it would actually work out. And so when we first saw it running, it was just—it was awesome. It was awesome. It, it's—it's um, it's the actual game. It's just miniature. <laughs> well, it seems like uh, you know the, the fear for you guys was may, you know maybe you can get some version up and running, but the amount of work you know if you had to start making compromises right. in the design, then it's like you know is this really worth our effort when you know we want to go off and start doing other things right no you're, you're absolutely right as you, you, you always with a project like that you have to look at well how much is this going to take to do and if we have to start redesigning that's always difficult because yeah then you have designers time and then you have to solve all new problems and that's really what the game development really all that time is is basically solving the problems that come up that you don't expect and so when we were able to say no we can actually just port the game to ios that's what made it you know feasible for us how much of uh, involvement did you guys have in like sort of revamping the interface? Because that's sort of like once the technical challenge is over, you know, the interface seems like that's the big hurdle to make it make sense with the swipes and realigning the information so that all that is still accessible to yep. the user. Yep, you're absolutely right. Like that, that is that was the the one design challenge, and so obviously we we play it internally. And then they mock things up for us, and then we'll either send them feedback or we'll play with different builds. And we'll, and then after we play, we'll say, "Look, we, we got to change this, we got to change that, move this around." And so, 
there were many, many iterations on moving things around, making icons bigger, and so yeah, I mean that was probably the one big piece of design work. Would uh, was there one like maybe uh, what was probably the biggest lesson you learned out of watching like sort of a traditional you know uh, mouse uh, clicking interface, and then again you adapted a controller. What was the big lesson you learned out of the touch stuff, or what surprised you about what did or didn't work uh, when when you guys started adapting it? Um, yeah, I mean it. It was a surprise. Even though we've done this before, it was a surprise how quickly the game was playable. It was so well suited for touch, in terms of, and what I was surprised by. It's two games, right? It's the strategy layer and then it's the tactical layer, and I was surprised that they both work pretty well. Um, and so, moving the actual units, like the UI, we had to redesign, but moving the actual soldiers in the game, going to the different rooms, it's just really well suited to um, touch and. I guess it's because, I mean, a huge part of that is because we had to have it playable mouse and keyboard, you know, um, and that helps, but it being turn-based really helps. Um, like, you can play this game, and you don't have to worry about the controls getting in the way, sure. so you can take your time, um, because, the, you know, you're not worried about um, response time, things like that, so, I mean, that was probably, it's interesting, my, I have a three-year-old daughter, and she plays, you know, um, kids' games, not XCOM. I don't mind. My daughter does not play XCOM. A responsible adult. Right. Um, um, but um, she plays games on the iPad, and she's, it's very, it touches very intuitive for her, and she's just grown up playing that. And then the other day, I sat her down in front of a computer for the very first time because she had this website she wanted to go to, and she just could not wrap her head around. She kept poking the screen, and she was like, why can I not do that? And I was like... I don't have a good answer for you. I was like, that makes a lot more sense. I'm sorry, but we use this thing, mouse, down here. So it's interesting. I mean, it's very, very, like, touch is very intuitive. And so I'm I'm only interested in, in core-type games. Like, I want to make big core games. But it's really cool to see games like that on the iPad and then using the touch interface and having it work well. It's just it's kind of exciting for people to be able to take a game like that around with them. I played Walking Dead on the iPad. I play Minecraft on the iPad, and I play other games like Ridiculous Fishing and stuff like that, but for me, it's really fun to be able to have, like, big core games on, you know, I guess mobile. I guess that's what I call mobile, right? Yeah. It, it always feels like sometimes, like, this really derogatory term. Right, like, yeah. Like mobile. Right. Uh, like, like pejorative <laughs> or something. Or they, well, it used to be for a long time, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, pre-iOS, Android. Where casual where, used to be, like, a bad word, yeah. But I think, yeah, people are more comfortable with... I mean, it's an awesome industry full of all kinds of stuff, so... Uh, I think you. I think you bring up a, a, an interesting point, though. When I started thinking about this, when the Wii came out and became as popular as it was, where you have uh, kids growing up, where their like formative experience or first real experience of the game is using interfaces that are so different than how most games are built or how most designers grew up building games or playing games. Or you know, they fell in love with you know, Mario, whereas, you know, the first experience for, for a three-year-old could be either a touch device or a Wii remote. Right. And, like, how that changes their expectations of the games they want to play. And I'm sure you're probably kind of seeing that in real time with your daughter. Yeah, you're absolutely, yeah, and that's very, yeah, that's very, it's uh, a very good point. And that's something, yeah, that weighs on me is that I'm always very conscious of the fact that I do think in some ways the industry is, is you know, we, we make decisions based on, yeah, our formative experiences. And in some ways, we get, we're get we kind of slow to adopt because, you know, the games I grew up playing, in some ways, look, I, may, I'm, I remade um, XCOM, you know, and that's a, a 20-year-old game. And then I watch my daughter, and you're absolutely right. The way she interacts with the device, like that 
is going to have a huge impact on kids as they grow up and they start playing games. Like, it, in some ways, I love controllers. I love mouse keyboard. They have a lot of tactile control that, that's really good. But I think that it's really hard to go from how smooth and easy a touch device is to, to something that's a little more... I, I suppose a little more specific, you know, something like a, a gamepad where, you know, I, I don't know what that impact is going to be, but it, it, it's something that I think about all the time. And I try to catch myself when I'm, when I keep thinking, you know, when I got to be careful and say like, whoa, how is this going to work with touch? Whenever I'm thinking about new stuff, I'm thinking like, how's it going to work with touch? Is that going to work? Or how would that work on, um, on a, a tablet? You know, cause I think you, you have to think that way now. And it's not, it's interesting. I think some people get, um, like sometimes gamers get get threatened by you know they almost get threatened by the by new platforms and new ways of playing games but I think that you know it just it, it is it's a reality that this is how a lot of kids play games now and so we have to think about like how we have to stay ahead of that and, and what that means for the type of games we all love to play we're still going to make core games but you know the interface is probably going to change uh, you know, I kind of mentioned like the sort of like form of experience that people have uh, that sort of defines sort of the games they love or like how they look at games. What are the, you know like sort of their their gaming uh, uh, lens for the for the rest of their life? What is that for you? Like, what was like the one that sort of instilled? Hey, this is why I love games. Like early on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I certainly XCOM became my favorite game. But in terms of like my earliest memories of a game that like really really affected me it was ultima 5 um so you know warriors of destiny ultima 5 and i still it's funny because i still see that that game has a big impact on how i think about games like the kind of games i want to make it was it felt like a big world i mean it was an rpg but it really felt like this living world and it, it felt like this big simulated world where people were would go out during uh the day to do a job and they'd go back in at night and that just had a huge impact on me, and I find myself always drawn to games that simulate these big worlds, and I, I think that's I think that's why. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, the Ultima Five is probably the one that really, really just sort of blew me away. My my brothers and I would we'd have to trade. My two brothers and I would have to trade like one hour. Each of us would get one hour on the computer to play. And then the other time, we'd all just sit there and stare at them while they play. You know, we'd basically <laughs> watch them play the same thing we just played with their character. And so, yeah, those were those were my formative memories of gaming. Have you uh, gone back to that game? Like, what is it like to, to go back to that, you know, maybe two decades <laughs> later and then reconcile sort of your nostalgia with, uh, you know, how that design holds up today? It's a really good question. And I haven't gone back and I don't know that I, I honestly don't know that I will because I don't know that I'd feel and I'm, I'm certainly I would get a rush of nostalgia but I, I think I'd be worried that then my my experience with that game would then be colored by oh you know oh that's clunky or man that's tough I don't ever want to have a memory about that game that's that's I don't want to have it be tainted by like oh that's difficult to use or it's hard to play or it looks you know it looks you know the resolution's small in my mind, it's like the perfect game, so I think I'm, I'm just going to keep it that way. <laughs> All right, Jake, thanks for your time. All right, thank you.